Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Money in the Middle podcast with your host Ron and your co-host me, Maya the Rotor. Got an interesting uh, show for you today. Just wanted to get on here and talk about the way or how can you prepare yourself rather? How can you prepare yourself or what information do you need to know before you declare yourself ready to buy? I'm always excited to learn new things as well as to share any information that we have available uh, regarding the country's number one way of wealth building, which is through purchasing uh, primary real estate. You know, whether you're buying multifamily, single families, etc., it's been proven that the number one way to earn wealth in this country or to at least create sustainable and Uh, generational wealth in this country is through real estate. So buckle up again. Maya is going to take us through some of the most important things that you can think about or even consider while uh, working through the purchase of a real estate transaction. And we hope that you learn something today. I get a lot of people coming to me like, hey, uh, I want to get pre-approved or, hey, I'm ready to buy or, you know, and um, I put them in contact with the lender and there's a lot of information that they don't know. So I try to make sure that I give my clients, like I said, I'm transparent as I could possibly be. And I just want to make sure that they have all the information up front. Right. So the biggest um, thing I want to touch on first is credit score. Yes, we know for FHA, the minimum is a 580 and for a conventional, you need a 620. But why just why would you want to shoot for the bare minimum? Right. Especially if you have a 580 and they run your credit, it's going to drop a couple points. And what most people don't understand is that they're not just running your credit that one time at the beginning of the transaction. Right. They're going to sit here and they're going to double check all of your information that you're giving to them multiple times during the transaction and then right again um right again before closing so you want to give yourself room um just just to be prepared for that so instead of shooting for that 580 why not shoot for that 600 right instead of saying oh you know i got a 620 why not shoot for a 650 give yourself some um what what's the word i'm looking for i can't think of the word right now but give a cushion give yourself a little bit of a cushion to prepare you for those unexpected credit runs that they're going to be doing while you are under contract you know um so you don't want to fall below the threshold and then get to closing table and now you don't qualify So uh, we talked about credit. Let's get into debt to income ratio. A lot of people don't really focus on this enough. Um, So certain lenders want you to fall between about 30 to 45 percent, meaning the amount of money that you're paying out on a monthly basis. They don't want it to be more than 30 to 45 percent of the amount of money that you're bringing in every month. So when they look at your debt to income ratio, they're looking at 
your credit history to see if you have to pay any collections, if you're paying any student loans, they're factoring in your rental payment, they're factoring in your credit card bills, they're factoring in if you have a car payment, um, childcare, they're factoring all these things that you pay for to basically sustain your lifestyle. Um, and they don't want it to make it where 30 to 40 or more than or at least 50 to 60% of the money that you're making is being dished out to bills. So they want to make sure that you have enough room to be able to take on this loan, right? So a way that you could help with that is you want to keep your credit utilization down, keep it underneath 30%. For example, if you have a $1,000 credit limit on one credit card, right? You don't want your balance on that credit card to go over $300. You want to make sure that you're giving yourself some room to be able to prepare for unexpected circumstances, you know? So you want to make sure that when you're thinking about debt to income ratio, you want to just basically tie it into you living within your means, right? You don't want to be one of those people who is spending out more than they're making. Now, when people say, oh, I'm ready to buy, the biggest thing they want to focus on is your down payment. Yes, we already know that that's the biggest thing. So with FHA, if you, you're putting down about 3.5% of the purchase price. So for example, if the purchase price is at $100,000, then you know your down payment is going to be $3,500. If you're looking at a conventional loan, you're looking at about 5%. So let's use that same figure. If your purchase price is $100,000, then you know your down payment will be $5,000. Now let's kick it up a notch and let's talk about the investing side, right? For investments, automatically, it's at least minimum 20% down. Some people even want 25% down. So say if the purchase price was $100,000, right? And you're putting down 20 to 25%, you know it's going to be about twenty dollars to $25,000 for your down payment. So when you're thinking about down payment, yes, you have that, but you also want to think about how much do you want to put in escrow? Why is that a factor? Because sometimes, even though the minimum is $1,000 you want to put in escrow, sometimes people look at that and be like, oh, well, you know, they're not serious, so they don't really want this property. If your total down payment is thirty is 3500 and you have it to put it up in escrow right then and there, put your down payment in escrow. Some people won't want you to put your whole down payment down. Hey, I tell my clients, listen, if you want, let's do $5,000 in escrow. You know, sometimes you got to put the money where your mouth is, you know, especially in this type of market that we're in right now where the sellers have to say so. So let's talk about a few of the out-of-pocket costs that um, you're going to run into, which is normally the inspection and sometimes it's the appraisal. However, the appraisal could be factored into the closing costs, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So with the inspection, it usually goes by the amount of units that the property has. So you know that a single family home inspection is obviously going to be cheaper than a multifamily home inspection. So usually with the inspection, they're thoroughly checking the property for unforeseen issues, things that we won't be able to see with our naked eye. You know, they're going through the property, checking the water pressure, they're checking the roof, they want to make sure that the heating and stuff is working, they want to make sure there isn't any loose siding or something harmful 
um, or something that will make the, the property uninhabitable. So that's what the inspection is for. Now, we do have clients that waive inspections, and sometimes, you know, that's okay, but if it's going to be a home that you want to occupy, I never I never recommend my clients waive an inspection. A lot of investors waive inspections, and that's because sometimes they, they're working with cash, and they know that they're going to be doing some renovations and stuff like that, so inspections can be, um, can be tricky depending on the type of market you're in, um, which type of stance you are. Like I said, if you're a buyer um, and you're going to be living in this property or you're buying this as an investment property, it, it, it all depends on you. But I definitely recommend my clients to always get an inspection. Now, depending on where you are, that's going to depend on, upon the price of the inspection as well. So just make sure that you can either find an inspector or your realtor can recommend you a few, inspection, um, a, a few inspectors. That way you can make sure that this is going to be the property for you. Now, let's just say if you are the buyer and then something comes back in the inspection that you are not happy with, then, you know, at that point you could walk away. You, you do have that right based off of what you found out in that inspection report. Um, but, you know, people don't think about these things. They, they're not, they don't know that this is going to be an out-of-pocket cost to them. I want to talk about some things not to do (laughs) that shouldn't be a little bit self-explanatory, but, you know, some people don't know. So when you are under contract, let's say like, you know, you've put in your offer, it's got accepted, you've went through the attorney review process, and now you're officially under contract, right? It's going to take, well, here in Jersey, it takes about 30 to 45 days to close a loan to get to the closing table. So during that 30 to 45 days, you don't want to go out there and risk lowering your credit score by making any major purchases um that's also going to affect your dti which is your debt to income ratio you don't want to be opening any new credit lines because that's going to affect your credit score and possibly put you below the threshold you know so i mean yes it's self-explanatory and these can be common sense things but these are still conversations that needs to be had because people don't know people think that oh i'm gonna buy me a house okay cool we're under contract i need some new furniture let me go buy a whole bunch of furniture no you want to wait and make sure you get the clear to close before you do any of that type of um financial purchases because you know furniture isn't cheap so what happens if you done bought all this furniture and now for whatever reason, um, closing costs go up or you have to come out of pocket for something and now you don't have it? Well, now that just puts you in a bind because what you had before, you didn't have now. You don't have now. So you just want to take those type of things into consideration. Um, another thing is don't transfer any money between accounts. This is a big one because it could totally throw off the deal. So let's say, for example... You have a checking account and you have a savings account. And throughout the whole transaction, you know, you've only showed them your checking account. And then for whatever reason, you know, you slipped up, you need some some extra cash. So you transferred money from your savings into your checkings. And now when they go and go over your, your bank statements, over your paperwork, they see this new savings account. Well, now they're going to want statements from this savings account, which can either put you in a better position or it could put you in a worse position because now they're going to they're going to want bank statements they're going to want to see where this money is coming from everything is a paper trail during this transaction
Now, the biggest uh, topic of the episode is the closing cost. A lot of people don't understand what the closing costs are and they're not prepared for the closing cost. So typically it's about two to five percent of the purchase price. For example, if the purchase price is a hundred thousand dollars, then you know that you need an additional two to five thousand dollars on top of whatever your down payment was going to be. Now, when people say, well, what are closing costs? It includes a couple of things. Sometimes it can include your attorney fees. Um, Obviously, that self-explanatory is going to pay your attorney. It's going to include the uh, loan origination fee. And what that is, is basically the fee that they charge you to be able to process and underwrite your loan. Um, Also, there is the title insurance. They're going to calculate policies for the buyer and for the lender. Um, so you, that's also included in your closing costs. Then you want to uh, talk about your homeowner's insurance. Sometimes, depending on the situation, they have you pay the first full year of homeowner's insurance up front at closing. Um, if you're putting less than 20% down, then you have to think about your private mortgage insurance. Um, so also property taxes depending on where you are they want between six months to a year of property taxes up front at closing costs um and then the last one would be like the closing or escrow fee that's going to be paid to the escrow agent so you want to think about making sure that you have all of your finances together you want to make sure that you know exactly what you're getting yourself into you want to make sure that you have all of the information that you need um and you just want to make sure that you 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 are pre- as prepared as you think you are. Um, that's that's just a big thing when I have conversations with um, buyers and I'm going over everything that they need to know. And it's just like, oh, I didn't know this and I didn't know that. So I just wanted to take this time and let you guys know, okay, when you say you're ready to buy, these are the things that you need to think about. Um, And if you don't have an agent that's on your team, letting you know these things, making sure that you understand exactly what you are getting yourself into, then you need to get you another agent. Okay, Um, I will always tell you guys, I'm going to be as transparent as I possibly can with my um, with my clients, because I will want someone to do the same for me. You know, like I said, when I first got into real estate, I had no idea what I was getting into, but I've learned over the years and throughout my experience, I see it's just a a reoccurring thing that when people come and say they're ready to buy, they're not as ready as they think they are. Wow. That's all I can say. We want to thank Maya for her contributions today, uh, as well as providing us some very, very important insights on the home buying process that maybe you knew, maybe you didn't know. Some highlights are she talked about credit. She talked about down payments. Also, she talked about third party uh, costs, you know, appraisals, inspections and things of that nature. And and lastly, she talked about um, closing costs, which can we, we all know can be a bit confusing at times, which is why I'm glad that she brought it up. Well, guys, it's been another installment of Money in the Middle podcast. Thank you for going on the journey with us, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Until next time, peace.